The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Hi, this is Pastor Johnny Over, founder of the Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park. Here at Sound of Heaven Church, we encourage everyone to understand why they believe what they believe. For me, I had a pretty good childhood, but things got rough fairly quickly. My father was an alcoholic and yet still my best friend. And because of his love for me, which I felt every day, he was my hero. Sadly, my mother had a very different experience. Lonely and sometimes in dangerous situations. The fighting, the marital struggles, the drinking got the best of us and my family fell apart. Through my own personal struggles and demons, I didn't fall. I climbed into the lap of faith and embraced the gospel. Today, I'm ordained and I'm the senior leader of the Sound of Heaven Church. Together with an incredible staff, we offer you the gospel in a way you have never experienced before. Visit my website at soh.church. When considering a church, it's very important to not only examine their beliefs, but also your own. Visit Sound of Heaven Church at soh.church. That's soh.church. Welcome, everybody, to Sound of Heaven Radio Live, where we are incredibly passionate about making the love of Jesus known to all. And we're here with you each and every Wednesday and Friday at 6 p.m. I am your host, Pastor Johnny Ova, and I pass at the Sound of Heaven Church located in Deer Park. Visit our website at soh.church. That's soh.church. You can see all the great things we're doing in the community. Check out some of our services, hear amazing stories, and much more. Subscribe to our podcast, Sound of Heaven Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, you can download our new app. You can do that. Go to your go to your app store. Just type in soh.church or Sound of Heaven. Pop it up. Download it. It is it is a phenomenal app. I can't wait. For this, for, for more people to download this, yeah, app. it is it is really amazing. It's got all of our content on there. It's got all of our podcasts on there, of which is all of our shows. And it's, if you already have the app, it, it's just a quick update, right? Yeah. So, all right, great. But uh, I'll tell you what, there's a lot that you can do on this. Yep, it's exciting. So make sure you go to your app store, type in soh.church, and download our new Sound of Heaven app. Call the number tonight, 631-451-1039. We're on Facebook and Instagram. If you go there and search Sound of Heaven Live, thank you so much for tuning in. We also want to invite you to our services, which have been absolutely incredibly powerful. Every single Sunday at 10.30 a.m., uh, right at uh, right in Deer Park, right next to the Tanger Outlets, you could get directions at soh.church. Same place you can get the app. Same place you can get the app, mm-hmm. absolutely. And of course, the Mouth of the South, joined by my friend, Co-partner, partner in, uh, I guess it wouldn't be crime, would it? Uh, it depends on the day. It depends on the day. Jason Koch, D'Ambrosio. What is going on, bro? What's up, doing? man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Beautiful day today. It is a hot one today. It is, it is. But listen, embrace the summer. No, I want yeah. the winter. You want the winter? Yeah, man. I want the snow. I want the ice. I want it all. I, I, people are going to pelt you with tomatoes walking out of here. No, nobody likes the winter. Listen, I'm a Canadian, eh? I love the winter. That's right. I forgot about that. I love the winter. I like going for the long walks so, on the beach in the winter. So let's give... I, I don't even want I did do the Polar Bear Club one year, too. Did you really? Yep. I did it in a January. Of course, it was a blizzard. What? Uh, let me ask you, what field on Jones Beach? Because that, I think that it matters. Was, I think it was three. Okay. If I remember. All right. And uh, so swim trunks were necessary. Necessary. Yes. Yes. Not that. Not that part of uh, Jones Beach. It's cold today. And uh, yeah, it was snowing. It was icy. And I'm walking on like rock so- barefoot rock solid sand, uh, getting over there and, and just ran dove head first in there. It was wild. well. You're you're a tough guy, man. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. Right. No. No. Listen. Let's give a little credit where credit is due. Somebody took the gold at their Brazilian Jiu Jitsu tournament. You did. 
No, I did not. No, I did not. I had a very relaxing day at home while you were getting your face mushed into a mat. That is true. That is true. But yes, I did take the gold. I won the bracket. I won the tournament. And uh, yeah, it was fun. It was Congrats. Great. Thank you. I and appreciate that, it. That qualifies for something bigger now, too, Yeah, right? I get to fight at some other tournaments. But uh, it was a lot of uh, a lot of fun. The uh, the Kyoto BJJ team showed up. My son, LJ, also took the gold. That's right. Uh, Zoe took the bronze. And Massimo in his first tournament. And he's, he's five. And he took silver. That's amazing. So we had a we had a good good weekend as a family, but Kyoto killed it. So shout out to the Kyoto family. See another reason to come to Sound of Heaven Church. How many churches can you go to where <laughs> the, the person preaching most of the time, the head pastor of the church, is also a gold medal winning? Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Like Kurt Angle. I'm going to walk around with the medals around my neck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you are. So. All right, man. Let's get right to our Bible study tonight. We're going to be talking in James 4 and 5 again. Now, we ended in 4 last week, okay? But I feel like we missed. Well, we didn't miss. We just ran out of time. The last chapter, the last part, verses 13 through 17, is so important. And, uh, and, and then we'll peel over into five and we're going to close out the book of James. That means we've read two books so far on the radio. We have. And people are enjoying. Now, the reason why we do this is one, we want to encourage and empower you. Number two, we want you to understand the Bible in a way that you probably haven't understood it before. A lot of times we get, John, I, I tried to read the Bible or I hear the Bible. I just don't understand it. It's not for me. I can't get it, grasp it. Well, that's why we do this. And people are really enjoying the study in that we're doing. We give a lot of context and a little history lessons and stuff and actual things that were taking place even outside that's mentioned in the scripture, what's going on. And people seem to really, really enjoy that. And well, go ahead. Uh, uh, No, I was going to say a lot of us have gone to church our whole lives. We've uh, looked at the Bible. We've, we know a couple verses, but we've never really dove in and, and uh, we're getting feedback. We're getting letters to the church and emails and, and people are enjoying this. So we're having fun. So to quickly recap here, um, we're in the book of James in the New Testament. James is the brother of Jesus, and he's known as James the Just. And James did not even believe Jesus was who he said he was. Right. Jesus doubted, James doubted Jesus. He doubted he was the Messiah. He doubted he made fun of him most of his life. It wasn't until after Jesus died and resurrected that James became a believer in who he was. And sometimes that's what it takes for your siblings to believe you. You got <laughs> to die and come back. I think that's the only way my siblings are going to believe right. anything I say. So this is why this is such a relatable story here, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And a lot of the New Testament, especially in the book, of, well, the book of James, is called an epistle. Epistle is the Latin word for the term letter. So what we're reading here is a letter directed towards a specific group of people. Um, and uh, we say this, and it's somewhat controversial, but it is true. The Bible's not written directly to you, but it is written for you. And what that means is that James is not writing a letter to Johnny Ova right now. James is not writing a letter to Jason right now in 2021. James is writing a letter to a church, and he's and in this particular book, he's writing uh, 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 this letter to the 12 tribes of Israel who are actually scattered abroad. They, they're, they're already separated. They're dispersed. The diaspora, it's called. And so now they're they're dispersed and he's hitting on topics because the church is separated and they're being persecuted. Now, how we can relate this to your life is, you know, sometimes as a believer or or somebody who believes in God, a lot of times bad things do happen, right? And we get confused like why do these things happen? And James is trying to clarify a lot of these things and to encourage that although it's hard right now, I want you to keep going. If that's you and you can relate, then this this show is for you. Because a lot of us know where we're supposed to be or we're confused of where we need to be, but we know we got to keep going and we don't know how to get there. And and sometimes it, it erodes our faith. It, it makes us doubt God. Uh, it makes us doubt a lot of different things. And we can make bad decisions if we don't have any clarity on that. 
And so I wanted to just overview this a little bit, and if we could get to the scripture before we go to break here in a few minutes, we can. But if not, well, as soon as we get back after the break, we're going to jump in. But in James chapter 1, um, the first thing that James is addressing with this dispersed, the separated church, these people um, who are struggling very badly is, is consider all your trials joy, that, that all the suffering that you go through is a test of your faith and will in the end make you stronger and better if you persevere. Amen to that. You know, so, and I know a lot of us can relate to something like that. And so that was one, again, you could listen to all these shows on our podcast, go download Sound of Heaven Radio in your app store, um, uh, wherever you get your podcast. I'm sorry. Uh, James chapter two talks about what's called the sin of partiality. And that's where you favor people over other people. When God calls us to love everybody equally, even those who hate your stinking guts. Even them? Even those people. yeah, And that is such a challenge to love people who hate you. But that's why Jesus challenges us that way. He's like, you know, how, it's so easy to love people who love you back. But, you know, the real test of faith is loving people who cannot stand you. Right. So that's what J- uh, chapter two is about. And then we talk about faith works versus works a little bit. James chapter three, we talk about the tongue. And we titled this, Watch Your Mouth. Watch Your Mouth. Watch Your Mouth. How hard it is to control the things that come out of your mouth. Because I'm sure many of us have been there. We said things we don't mean. And uh, we stick our foot in our mouth. We wish we never said it. And, you know, you can't stick the toothpaste back in the tube and all those sayings, right? And, and how if you could control your mouth and start legitimately speaking positive things over your life, you can completely change and transform your life. And we see this all the time. I mean, listen, the gurus, the the successful people, they talk about the power of positive speaking. Yes, absolutely. And and really, I've never heard of a successful person go, you know what? Talk bad about yourself, make fun of yourself, hate your life, and then good things will happen. It, it takes a focused, intentional effort to speak things and declare things, even when you don't feel like doing those things. And as odd or weird that may sound, it works. Right. Your words have power. Your words absolutely have power. And that brings us over to James 4. And we're going to read the last chapter of it because we spent the whole entire show going over the first part, verses 1 through 12. Uh, uh, the last show, and it talked about the source of quarrels and conflicts and, and, and pleasures versus, you know, short-term pleasures versus long-term goals, and how many times we, ju- we just look at the immediate instead of understanding long-term lasting effects on those things. You sell out for what feels good today. Yup, and how that could damage everything that you're trying to do in the future. So we went over all those things about pride and about, again, speaking good, but we're going to come up with something about perspective on life. And it's a very important verse in, 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 in the scripture in James 4, verse 13, where it gives us an ideology of how to look at life. And again, it's very difficult to do, but we're going to get into it, break it down, and have some real honest conversation that I know is going to empower you uh, for the rest of your week. It is hump day, it is Wednesday, and you are listening to Sound of Heaven Radio, your favorite radio show that has ever existed. We're going to take a short break after this. In the meantime, in these two minutes, visit our website at soh.church, soh.church, fill out a form, check out our articles, fill out a prayer request we download got you the come. app download the app absolutely we'll take a quick break we'll be right back hey guys welcome back to sound of heaven radio live where we are incredibly passionate about making the love of jesus known we are with you every single wednesday and friday at 6 p.m check out our website at soh.church that's soh.church Today, me and Jason will be getting into James chapter 4 and then into chapter 5 as we close out the book of James, which means that you will be able to read the whole book of James with us if you download our podcast and subscribe to it and rate us five stars. Right, you go five one, stars. two, three, four, five. We did Colossians too. So you 
have some material there. And off of that, we can make this announcement that we are coming up with something called the Exploratory Bible. And the Exploratory Bible is gonna be an audio Bible put out by yours truly uh, and partnered with a whole bunch of people in our church. And we are gonna be reading the Bible and explaining the Bible to you. Um, and uh, it's gonna be a really big help to get you to understand the Bible and find different applicable, did I say that right? Applicable ways applicable. To, uh, to to apply it to your life and, and have it be effective, which obviously is the goal here, right? That's it, that's it. You, what we get all the time is, I would read the Bible more if I understood it. And that's what we're trying to help here. Yeah, that's it. Listen, anything, anything to help, right? Anything to help. All right, James 4, verse 13. Now, here's why we wanted to start here. I'll read this and you go, all right, this is why I didn't want to miss this last chapter here. All right, this last paragraph, I mean. It says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend there, uh, spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Now, you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow, for you are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So for one who knows the right thing and does not do it to him, it is a sin. Now, as, as harsh as some of these things are, again, you have to put this in the framework and perspective of the writer and understand that you're writing a letter to specific people here. Right. And obviously, in this dispersed Jewish sect that's receiving this letter, in, and especially when we get into the next chapter, you will see that some of these Jewish men and women are not doing the right thing with their finances and with their money, right. which is why he's coming very hard against the wealthy um, in these areas. And keep in mind, they're being, uh, you know, they're being persecuted during this time. They have an easy way out. The easy way out is to sell out Christianity and go back to the law, right. to go back to what they, and, and, and that's why it says brother pitted against brother, you know, family against family member. This was, there was a real time of turmoil here, right? right. So. So they were introducing a new Messiah, and and the easy thing was to just go and live life and live lavishly, and and uh, James is trying to trying to focus them here. And so what he's saying is, is today or tomorrow we'll go to such and such a ditty. Like we're, like we're always planning on 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 tomorrow, to the point where we forget about enjoying today. Right, right. I, we all do that. And what God is saying is, you don't even know if you're going to be alive tomorrow. So why are you planning something about tomorrow when you may not even be here? So you're saying that we shouldn't plan for tomorrow? No, I think you could plan for tomorrow. I think balance is the key. Right. You know, because I, I bet you a bunch of people listening right now would say, how many of you wish you spent more time with your children growing up versus all the time you spent at work? No, it's a good point. I think really what we're talking about here is are you living today? Are you living in today? Are right. you focused on today? Or is are you physically here but you're so mentally into tomorrow that you're missing what's going on or some of you are so mentally in the past beating yourself up or thinking about what should have happened what could have happened you're not living for it today and it's not about the lack of planning for the future because the next one your life will be you are just a vapor that appears for a little a while vapor. life is like a breath just think about that and it's gone. And if you think about it, when you die, you end up in a, with a tombstone above you, and it has the year you were born, the year you died, and a little dash in there. And, and that dash is all you got to live here on this earth. And so I encourage you to give that little dash over to, to, to the Lord and allow him to just take your life and do with it. Because there was a really good analogy that Francis Chan did in a message about eternity and after you die. It was so powerful. And he had this rope that was, it literally wrapped around the church like several times. And he taped the end of the rope, maybe about four inches of it off with red tape. And he said, this red tape is your life. And what you do with your life here 
affects all this. And then he starts pulling the rope. And he's talking, and it literally is is explaining how how short your life is compared to eternity. We don't think about these things. You are dead a lot longer than you are alive. It's true. So much longer. And the fact that what we do here in this very little short time has such an impact on where we go and how we spend eternity should get our attention enough that we really shouldn't worry about anything here except making sure that we have our right life with the Lord and and we're serving God. So I I do want to put a disclaimer here because I do talk to some folks in Christianity that say, well, you know, I just can't wait to get home. I can't wait to go to heaven. And this is not heaven's waiting room either. No, no, no. You know what I'm saying? No, that's exactly, yeah. We're here to be ambassadors for God. We're here to make an impact for God. But we're not here for that long. As a matter of fact, uh, against eternity, any number of years, anything times eternity is zero, really. Even if you live a thousand years compared to eternity, it's nothing. I mean, how many people woke up today and passed away and didn't expect to pass away today? Crazy You you know, it's, I mean, you think about those things, it's really, it's really wild. And, you know, we have a decision to make right here, right now. What are we going to do with our life? Yeah, we're not trying to throw a downer out there. We're trying to motivate you. Well, we're going to get in the next verse, but I really want to put some perspective on life. No, I think think this does. I'm just trying to put some perspective on life and get us to think about how short of a time we really are here. I mean, listen, people say it all the time. You know, enjoy your life when you're young. You blink and it's all. When you're young, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. All of a sudden you blink and your kid's a... 25 and 30 and you know you but i mean it's really crazy if i knew then what i know now right. how many yeah. of those so this even goes to and i feel led to say this you know there may be somebody that you just been haven't been calling or maybe you're mad at don't let time pass yep call and, and make amends with somebody it's today. not worth it it's just not you know it's not it's not worth it you know, but it, it really is healthy at times to understand the perspective of our life versus eternity. You can't ignore it because it's a fate that every one of us will have. Right. There's not a single person on this planet who is not going to die one Survival day. rate for everybody on a long enough timeline is zero. Is zero percent, right. And so, again, you know, we got to make sure our, our, our right side with God, and that's by accepting Jesus Christ as our, our Lord and Savior. He died for us, a sa- final sacrifice, the final lamb slain. Um, and his blood covers it. And, and if we give that little dash over to God, God will take that dash, our life, and he'll do amazing things with it, things that you can't explain, things that you can't even imagine. Bless you beyond, way, way, way beyond um, that uh, are, uh, hey, Salaro, what's up, brother? Uh, way far beyond what we eat, what we deserve. I look at my life, I really can't believe what God has given me up until this point. To know that he's not done yet really blows my mind. Exactly, anymore. and things can change so quick. Sometimes we think, oh, this is it, that's it. But how many times in our life, you know, we look back five years and things are totally different? Probably every single soul. None of us know what God is going to do tomorrow. So just just make a decision to live for today. I think that's what we're talking about here. Absolutely. And understand that perspective and stop worrying about things you have no control over. You know, call your mom and dad, tell them you love them, and call your kids and tell them you love them, and just don't let any opportunity go go by. Live today as if it's your last day, right? right? And I hear it all the time, and it's so true, it rings so true. I heard it, it says, uh, we, we all know that one day we'll die, but we live every day as if we're gonna live forever, right? Right. And so we gotta really change that perspective, because um, one day uh, we're gonna wake up for the last time. And, uh, but... That, but God can do and will do amazing things with our life if we give it to him. And so I hope what this is doing is, and what we are trying to do here is just take your worry and put it aside. 
Stop worrying about things you can't control. Stop obsessing about things you have no control over. And stop letting fear guide your life. Yeah, stop letting fear cripple you. Allow God to just use you. Allow God to bless you and just call on his name. People go, how do I do that? How do I do that? It's we Jason mentioned it before. Your words are extremely powerful, right? And so the Bible says that if you speak with your mouth and mean in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, you shall be saved. It says it in your Christian Bible. It says it in your Catholic Bibles. And so you have to speak with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and mean it in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and then you are saved. You'll never have to worry ever again that if you died today where you would go, heaven or hell, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter what you did this morning, all that stuff gets washed away clean with the acceptance of, of salvation through Christ. Right, and your life changes and it doesn't mean that things are going to be perfect but it does mean that you will have, that you're walking with God in your life Yeah, and and, and it's not too late by by any means. I, I say this, it's, it's, it's about, it's not about perfection. When you accept God, things, it's not like, oh, now things will always be good and everything will get better. You're not, you're not guaranteed an easy life, but what you are guaranteed is victory in every area of your life. Amen to that. And that may not have been something that you thought was possible even yesterday. So we want to encourage you with that. And we're going to jump right into James 5 when we get back, Jay. You ready for James 5? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. I've, I've got something I, I need to get off my chest right away. Oh, my goodness. Uh, maybe even a little bit of a rant. A rant. We got a Jason a rant. rant on James 5. Okay. That's it. James, buckle up up there, Cub Scout, okay? Because Jason Kaji Ambrosio is coming for you. But, anyways, you're listening to Sound of Heaven Radio. I'm your host, Pastor Johnny Ova, joined by Jason Koch D. Ambrosio, who's going to rip James adjust to shreds when we get back over here. Visit our website at soh.church. That's soh.church. We'll take a quick break and be right back. Hi, this is Pastor Johnny Over, founder of the Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park. Here at Sound of Heaven Church, we encourage everyone to understand why they believe what they believe. For me, I had a pretty good childhood, but things got rough fairly quickly. My father was an alcoholic and yet still my best friend. And because of his love for me, which I felt every day, he was my hero. Sadly, my mother had a very different experience. Lonely and sometimes in dangerous situations. The fighting, the marital struggles, the drinking got the best of us and my family fell apart. Through my own personal struggles and demons, I didn't fall. I climbed into the lap of faith and embraced the gospel. Today, I'm ordained and I'm the senior leader of the Sound of Heaven Church. Together with an incredible staff, we offer you the gospel in a way you have never experienced before. Visit my website at soh.church. When considering a church, it's very important to not only examine their beliefs, but also your own. Visit Sound of Heaven Church at soh.church. That's soh.church. Welcome, everybody, to Sound of Heaven Radio Live, where we are incredibly passionate about making the love of Jesus known to all. And we're here with you each and every Wednesday and Friday at 6 p.m. I am your host, Pastor Johnny Ova, and I pastor the Sound of Heaven Church located in Deer Park. Visit our website at soh.church. That's soh.church. You can see all the great things we're doing in the community. Check out our services, hear amazing stories, and much more. Subscribe to our podcast, Sound of Heaven Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Like us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Sound of Heaven Live. Our call in number 631-451-1039, 631-451-1039. Joined by my co-host Jason Koch, D. Ambrosio. We are about to break open James 5. Are you ready for James 5? To I'm be ready. Break? I'm ready to break this down. I'm ready. Break it down. Who was that? DX, right? Yeah. All right. Just want to make sure our listeners know. They make sure you. They don't think you just went off on some weird tangent. Well, when we go over the story of the walls of Jericho. 
fallen down. We're going to be playing Chris Jericho, the walls of Jericho. He he's an amazing wrestler. Amazing wrestler. He's he's and, and, and an I, incredible personality. And I like his band too. Fozzie. That's right. He is. He's yeah, a Fozzie, he's Fozzie's. a musician. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Jericho's just the man all around. Yep. So all right, James chapter five, verse number one. Now. Again, here's what people need to understand about scripture and perspective. I, I really want to talk about this for a moment before we read this. Because, again, where you will see where most of this has nothing to do with anybody here today. Yeah, this is why I'm chomping at the bit, by the way. Okay. So you hit on it already. Because the Bible is God-inspired, okay? It's the perfect infallible word of God written through the lens of man. And that's why we have four Gospels. Right. Right? That's why it's not one. This is not a book, uh, one book. Remember, it's 66 separate books. Some are, are historical records. Some are letters written out. There's many different. Some is just poetry. But they're all divinely inspired, right? God inspired man to write the word of God down. And when man is writing the word of God down and what he's seeing from the Lord, he's writing with a perspective, uh, with, with his own lens on top of on top of the scriptures. Again, this is why we got four gospels. And an easy way to break this down is, is, is this. Let's say we went to a Yankee game because we would not be going to Met games. Let's say we went to a Yankee game and you were sitting behind the dugout. I was sitting in the bleacher creatures. Uh, Mike was sitting, uh, uh, Mike was sitting, I don't know, Right behind uh, home plate, all the way up in the third deck, and uh, and, and this, this does relate to a Yankee game it, right now. To be honest with you, James is saying, "Hey, no matter what happens, just try to have a good attitude. Yeah. <laughs> Please just watch your mouth, because we know Yankee fans, yeah, right? That's so. true. And let's say Dave's outside, so we're all at the game, right? We're all in different seats. We're all watching from a different perspective. And let's say we had a job, and that was to write down what happened at the game. Right, and so we're all writing down everything that happened at the game. And even though the score may be the same, and even though the batters coming up may be the same, and even though if somebody ran onto the field like a like a like a Momo, it would be the same. But I'm talking about the guy screaming in my ear next to me. You're talking about all that this is going. You know what I'm saying? We all got different perspectives and experiences looking at the same exact thing, and that's why. And that's the the lens of how the scriptures written in a lot of cases too, and a lot of times. So we got to keep that in mind. That's why we have Matthew the tax collector we have luke the lawyer you know we got all these people that would with different perspective what stood out to them the most writing down doesn't change the fact that they're writing about truth they're writing about what legitimately had taken place but they're writing it from their lens about what has also come out to them does that make sense yeah people want to point to this like it's some sort of a detriment to the validity of the bible it actually uh, you ever i remember one time uh, i got a speeding ticket brought somebody with me I'm there. We planned the whole, what we were going to say to the judge, right? This is years back. And we said the exact same thing. You know why I didn't win? We said the exact same thing. <laughs> right, it, right. it was totally, I forget what the word is, but the bottom line is, is that, is that the fact that you have slightly different perspectives from different people actually adds the strength Absolutely. to the conversation. No doubt about it. Absolutely. So with that being said, I want to get into this, then you can go on your rant, okay? Yeah. Oh, it's going to be quick. All right, all right. So James 5, verse 1. Come now, you rich people, weep and howl for your miseries which are coming upon you. Is this James or AOC? This is- <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. So what I want to pull out here is that this this is why understanding context is better, because somebody will read right. this and go, why does God hate rich people? Right. And God doesn't hate rich people. He wants you to be wealthy for sure, but he wants you, but what's more important is your heart is in the right spot. But what God is doing here is he's using James to rebuke these rich people. Right. 
Does that make sense? Yes. And so that's why understanding the letters in context and not sitting there making pretend that this is a letter written to every person who ever lived on the planet is extremely important. Okay. Verse two: Your riches have rotted. Uh, have, your riches have rotted, and your garments have become moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver have corroded, and their cor- uh, corrosion will serve as a testimony against you and will consume your flesh like fire. It is in the last days that you have in the, stored. In the what? It is in the last in, days that in the you. What? It is in the last days that you have stored up your treasure. Okay. Okay. Now I'm now I have to go on my rant. Okay, go on. Because I know there there is a portion of Christianity that looks at this and says, see that in the last days, you rich people? God's talking to you, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> right. No, God's not talking to Jeff Bezos. Okay. God is talking to people James is writing the letter to. Here. Think about this for a second, right? Imagine this. James is writing you I'm, I write you a letter. Hey John, no matter what's going on, you know, just have a good attitude. Okay, right. sure. Hey, man, just watch your mouth with what you're doing. Hey, let your actions back up your faith. Hey, right. all right. And I'm going to close out this letter. I want to write to the billionaires for in the year four thousand. Well, hold on, no, no. Let's add something else to that to, to further your example. And after you say all those things to me, like I'll see you at the radio station at six o'clock tonight. Right. Fair enough. Okay. In yes. there. Now, four thousand years later, you find this letter that Jason writes to me. Right, is this where you just where yeah, you're going, this is right? exactly where I'm going. You find somebody, you find this letter, and you go up and and you're saying, "Listen, watch your mouth, man. If you rant on this stuff and too much, then people are going to be turned off by this." And 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 so live your life in an honorable way. You could read that and go, "Man, that's good. That's good. I should live my life in an honorable way." Right? right. But when then when it gets to the point where it says, "Meet me at the radio station at six o'clock." No, you 4,000 years from now living on the other side of the planet probably shouldn't be meeting at a radio station. You have to have enough wisdom to go, you know what? That was directly for John. Right. And what I'm getting at, we won't open Pandora's box here, but you cannot apply these. Well, you can apply it to where it was, the first century. Yeah. Right? So it says, you have hoarded your your wealth, you, not you, not anybody listening here, the people that are receiving the letter. In the last days. Yep. It is in the last days that the people receiving this letter have stored up their treasure. All right. We got to, uh, I think we need to jump in that one week because, yeah. Th- yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Four. All right. Rant done. Thank right. you. Verse four. Behold, the pay of the laborers who mowed your fields. Now, the laborers that mow my field. Well, that's tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, okay. And which has been withheld by you cries out against you. And the outcry of those who did the harvesting has reached the ears of the ears of the Lord of armies. You have lived for pleasure on earth and lived luxuriously. You have fattened your hearts. This is to you, Jason, in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and put to death the righteous person. He offers no resistance. I got a pretty fat heart. Yeah, yeah. That's a a wonderful compliment. (laughs) Verse number seven. Therefore, be patient, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. (laughs) So he's telling them to be patient. Yeah, right. Yep. uh, Yep. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it until it gets the early and late rains. You too be patient. Strengthen your hearts for the coming of the Lord is near. Do not complain, brothers and sisters, against one another, so that you may not not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing right at the door. As an example, brothers and sisters, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. But above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth, or with any other oath. But your yes be yes, but let your yes be yes and your no, no, so that you do not fall under judgment. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. 
Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Is, that, is anyone among you sick? Then he must call the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of, the, of faith will restore the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven to him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. A prayer of a righteous man, when it is brought about, can accomplish much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain and the earth produced its fruit. My brothers and sisters, if anyone among you strays from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that the one who has turned a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. And that is a really interesting, long, very powerful, and very deep portion of scripture. Man. I mean, you could, there's a sermon in every sentence here. But you know? we're going to start with the coming of the Lord stuff and just highlight that. Again, he's writing, therefore, be patient, brothers and sisters. Imagine me telling you to be patient. I'll be there in an hour, and I never show up for you during your lifetime. This was like C.S. Lewis's biggest problem with Christianity, mm-hmm. right? A, a great Christian man, but had a lot of confusion, as do many Christians today. Yeah, in fact, uh, C.S. Lewis is quoted at calling Jesus a liar. Right. You know, which is pretty nuts. It's just a misunderstanding. He misunderstood understood scripture. Um, you know, well, the, that po- the time statements of scripture. But I, mean, I want to clarify that because he is one of the most amazing teachers of scripture. Yes. But he misunderstood the time frames of scripture, which caused a big stumbling block to him. It really frustrated him and really aggravated him and really concerned him deeply. Uh, but so he's writing to, again, you had, this is what, when we read the Bible in context, this is what we're talking about here. If again, you're writing a letter and, you, and, and you're told to be patient, they are being patient. And then he writes things like the farmer waits precious to produce, uh, to, uh, precious produce of the soil, being patient about it until it gets early, the early and late rains. Now, a farmer who's waiting patiently for his produce, guess what? Eventually harvest his produce. Right. Imagine if he did all that sowing, reaping, plowing, and all that, and never got got anything for it. Never one one harvest ever came up in his life. You get to heaven and go, what happened to all the harvest you pro- promised me and prophesied over me? Oh, that wasn't for you. That was for John Slyonsky, uh, uh, 2,000 years later in Oakdale, New York. Yeah, we cannot read scripture this way. And unfortunately, since uh, in the 1800s, <laughs> uh, a lot of the end times doctrine has been around things like this. And this is why a lot of times you get people, they look into the, they look in the newspaper, and then they try to find what's going on today in the Bible that is never going to work. Yep, absolutely. And then right after, through this type of stuff, it goes right back to your word again. It says, let your yes be yes and your no be no so you don't fall under judgment. Right. You know, that is a hard one. To, again, we went over how hard it is to, to to speak life, speak death. And then now he's telling us, whatever you speak, keep. Right. Be your man or be a woman of your word. God will bless and honor that even when you wish you have never said it. I also look at that as be decisive, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so You know th- what, though? Some people look at that and go, well, I'm just not going to say anything, so I'm not held accountable y- to y- this. Y- Oh yeah, so it's true. So, so no, ridiculous. listen, we we sh- we need to be decisive in what we do, and we need to follow through on what we say we're going to do, right? So, yep. and this is a situation where, yes, he is, and and you got to get into scripture so that you can start differentiating this stuff, because obviously he's he is writing to Jewish men and women in the first century, but there's a real character, a buildup that we can take from this, right? Is uh, when I say I'm going to do something. I do it right. because my yes is yes and my no is no. And right. don't be afraid to say no sometimes. Too. Yeah, no is just as blessed of a word as yes is. That's right. Sometimes it, it'll get you out of a lot of trouble. Yep, absolutely. So verse number 13 now, it talks about, is anyone among you suffering, then he must pray. So 
I mean, let's do this right now. Why not, right? Let's do this right now. So if you're sick, I want you, unless you're driving, I want you to raise your hands. And here's why. Now, some people go to Christian churches. They see people raise their hands and go, what are these weirdos doing? Why are they doing that? And I want to challenge that because, listen, I've been to concerts before, and there are some things that I've seen at concerts that, I mean, you want to talk about weird. Yeah, there's some weird stuff. You want to talk about weird. I bet you Woodstock was a lot more weird than most of your Sunday morning services in Christianity. Depends on where you go. That is also true. That is also true. I'm kidding. You know, but you know, lifting your hands is a is a worldwide sign of surrender. It doesn't matter where you go in this entire world. If you say stick them up or surrender, right away your hands go up. So, for somebody that never heard that term, surrender to God, can you dive into that just for a second here? Because I think a lot of people, you know, they, you go to church, you, you you know, you're not really that challenged, uh, and you and you did it, you checked it off the list. What do you need to surrender to God? Surrender what? Because you get to a point in your life where you realize that you can do it on your own anymore and sometimes we're confused on on what to do think of it just like what we mentioned about the then the 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 form of surrender of sticking your hands up and walking out right if you're a criminal on the run sometimes the criminals you know what they're just tired of running they know they're going to get caught it's frustrating it's aggravating it's just it's a relief that they walk out behind you know to the i'm done and they walk out with their hands in the air so i'm not armed and i'm surrendering and i give up and it doesn't matter what time frame it's in, where it's going on, that is a form of surrender. And we do that as an act of worship unto God, saying, you know what? I'm tired of running away from you. I'm tired of trying to do this by myself. I'm tired of struggling and frustrating. I'm going to surrender. And God loves outward expressions of our inner beliefs. He loves these outward expressions of hands up and surrender, just like your wife and or your husband loves to hear, I love you. Imagine you never telling your spouse, I love you ever again. And she goes, how come you don't say you love me anymore? And your response is, well, I tell you in my head all the time. You're not going to fly. Not going to fly, right? And so our worship is that outward expression of what we believe on the inside. And surrendering to God is one of those things. So in our worship, we stick our hands up to God as a sign of surrender, saying, I can't do this anymore. I can't worry like this anymore. I can't fear like this anymore. I'm putting my hands in the air. And, and just like this, what I'm doing right now, I know you can't hear me if you listen on the radio, but if you're watching online, I got my hands in the air right now. And a lot of times I hands up and I say, God, just take all of me. I, I can't do this by myself. Come into my heart and make me new. I can't, I, I don't want to live uh, fearful anymore, stressed anymore. Uh, I, I, I'm, tr- I'm confused at times. I have no clarity. I don't know why I do the things I do at times. I give up. Take my life. Yeah, sometimes it's it's just tap out. My way doesn't work the yep. way I would like it. And it's coming to the realization that the creator, the being that put the stars in the sky, the sun in the sky, and created everything that you see may know a little something more than you and me. And that's a, that's a way to surrender too. God, what do I do? What right. do I do next? And so right here in verse 13, if anyone among you is suffering, then he must pray. If you're suffering out there, I'm going to pray, but I'm going to ask you to do something you've never done before. If you want to be truly set free, healed, and, and delivered, if you want God to move in your life, and he hasn't yet, you're going to have to do something a little bit different tonight. Like I said, if you're driving, keep your hands on the wheel, but I want you to declare with your mouth, I surrender to you, Lord. Yeah, but you're not going to sing Jesus, take the wheel. If right? you're, No, I'm not. If you are not driving, I want you to lift your hands in the air and complete surrender, okay? And I, what I want you to do is I want you to receive the words that I'm about to pray right now. And and how how we come in agreement with that is by saying what? Amen. And the word amen means this is the truth. And it means a co- it's a literally a covenant word. A saying amen after a sentence is the same thing of saying I do after your wedding yep, it, it literally means so be it. You're, you are basically anchoring yourself to what was just said. When both say I do, the papers then can be signed. You are now two become one. You are now together. 
officially, legally, however you want to put it. And when you say amen, you are coming into agreement with that word. So I pray right now for those who are suffering. I pray for those who are being tormented right now. I pray for those who are being tormented in their mind. I pray for those who torment at night, who have sleeplessness. I see somebody just tossing and turning and, and they're just frustrated with life. They're worried about their bills. They're worried about their health. They look at their kids sleeping. They're worried about their family. And I come against torment right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And what the Prince of Peace does is he gives you peace in your life that goes beyond all understanding. And what that means is that I have a comfort and peace and confidence in my life right now even though I shouldn't by, by outside circumstances. And so I pray that that peace overwhelms you as, as you're listening to this. I pray that God would bless you as you're listening to this and take away all fear and frustration. Amen. Now, next one. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Now, this is why we worship God. We worship God. Our worship fights on our behalf, right? And when God does great things, we sing, we shout, we yell. And people are, well, I don't want to do that. But again, BS, man. You do this at football games, baseball games. Somebody scores, you're screaming. We're naturally wired to do things like that, right? You get a raise, you're fist pumping. You know, you are. That, that's just the way we are. Your emotions are going crazy. The girl you love says yes to a date. You're excited, pumping up. You're hopping, skipping, and jumping right out the door, right? right. And so we are naturally wired to give praise, to, to outwardly express our worship worship, to hourly express our adoration. And now we have to take that and focus that onto God. We need to make an intentional effort to give God our praise. So if you are doing great in life right now, know that it, it, as quickly it was given, as quickly it can be taken away and just thank God for the great times as they're happening right now. Right. Amen, right? Does that make sense? Amen. So we could sing praises to the Lord. And then is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church and, and there are to, uh, to pray over him. Well, luckily for you, you're listening to two elders of the church right now. Right. And so if you're sick, again, raise your hands, right? Right now, wherever you're at, okay, unless you're driving, just say, I receive these words of keep your hands on the wheel. And what I want to say is right now in the name of Jesus, see, God created you not to be sick. God created you to be healthy. Sickness may have entered in through many a different ways or, or, or many a different uh, uh, obstacles, but I command sickness to leave your body right now. I command healing to come over you right now. I command your body to take form just as God has created it. I pray that God would raise you up right now in this very moment, a healed man or woman. I pray that the healing, you would feel it. I pray that pain in your back would go away. I pray that circulation of your blood would flow. And I pray there would be no blockages anymore. I pray your heart conditions would be set free. Any brain aneurysms to go in the name of Jesus. I pray uh, oppression, depression, suicidal thoughts, uh, paranoia would also be gone in the mighty name of Jesus. Broken legs would be healed. Legs would grow back and equal out. Any type of uh, vertebrae issues, bulging or herniated discs would be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. This is the power of the God that I serve. The Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the same God that raised Lazarus from the dead is the same God that is touching your body right now and healing you. And that is worth a shout of praise. So wherever you are, thank God for your healing. Thank God for your blessing. Give him honor. Give him what is due. Give him the praises that, that he so deserves. In Jesus' name we pray. I want to thank you for listening tonight. I hope you enjoyed the book of James. We're going to come back as we're going to break open the book of Matthew starting on Friday. And me and Jason are going to go through the Gospels with you and walk the walk and talk the talk with Jesus Christ himself. Jay, thanks for joining us. Guys, visit our website, SOH.Church. Have a great, great rest of your day. We'll see you on Friday. God bless. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.